Prologue. Baseball Beckons. As a young girl in the early 1980s, I spent hours playing catch with my father in our backyard. On those early summer evenings before lightning bugs came out to play, I liked to pretend that I was Ty Cobb, the Georgia Peach. My goal was simple, to hit a line drive over the rickety shed near the forest. Doing so would not only earn the pride of victory, but the spoils. A Dairy Queen ice cream sundae. Connecting with the perfect pitch, however, was elusive. Even so, each evening as dusk settled on the foothills of northeast Georgia, I begged for just one more pitch, one more chance to meet my destiny. As divine providence would have it, my fate was not to trample the base paths of a major league ballpark. It was not even to toil in the press box of a big league stadium or to sit in the grandstands all that often. My destiny, instead, consisted of long stretches in newspaper offices and library basements. It was during one of those stints in a newsroom that I first reconnected with Cobb. In June 2004, I wrote a series about Mill League Baseball for the Gainesville Times. As I researched stories of blue-collar textile workers who fielded line drives alongside baseball royalty such as the Georgia Peach and shoeless Joe Jackson on primitive baseball diamonds in rural communities in northeast Georgia and upstate South Carolina. I was intrigued by the local interest in heroes of the dead ball era, 1900-1919, a period in professional baseball known for its quality of pitching, relatively low batting averages, and innovative small ball techniques. Men such as Jake Miller of the New Holland Squad recounted pitching against local legends such as Demarest Johnny Big Cat Mize. As children, others claimed to have spotted Ty and Shoeless Joe playing in tiny towns throughout the region. These individuals shared stories of what the national pastime had meant to them and their communities. Each day after the original series was published, emails and letters poured in from men and women of all ages who wanted to share their memories, too. As I perused countless letters, I became certain that I had stumbled on a story that ran deeper than an enterprise piece. This yarn, I realized, was rooted in the hearts and minds of countless Americans, and newsprint would not do justice to the tale of America's love affair with baseball's first cast of sports heroes. This thought returned to me a little more than two years later as I scanned microfilm of sporting life for a graduate seminar paper. In the basement of the University of Georgia's Richard B. Russell Library, I once again encountered the Georgia Peach. I was struck by the reverence with which sporting life editor Francis C. Richter and his correspondents wrote about Cobb and another dead ball era hero. New York Giants pitcher Christy Mathewson. In that moment, I resolved to embark on a larger examination of the practice of hero-crafting in early 20th century sports journalism and its contribution to the national adulation of two of baseball's greatest paragons. Along the way, memories of the words of my father often rang in my ears. During the more trying times, I would remember an old saying he taught me. For when the one great score comes to mark against your name, he writes, not that you won or lost, but how you played the game.